Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined by Paul Wadlington of Inside Texas. Uh, and uh, Paul, I tell you what, we want to we want to talk a little tale of the tape with the Baylor Bears and Texas Longhorns uh, today. Uh, Texas three and and0 Baylor just one and two, kind of surprisingly, uh, heading into this uh, uh, conference opener for both teams. Uh, want to get your initial thoughts on this game and then uh, where where both teams are headed. Big 12 road opener for Texas. Uh, this is a back-against-the-wall game for Baylor. This is actually their fourth home game in a row, Bobby. And uh, they, they actually played eight games at McLean this year. The uh, bidet on the Brazos. Uh, <laughs> hey, folks, I, it's shaped like a toilet. I'm, I'm sorry. Just look at the aerial <laughs> photography. Uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad they have a new stadium, but it looks like a bidet. It looks like a toilet seat. But. All right, well, hey, this is the question. Um, you know, they, they're going through let, – let's start with the, the Baylor offense versus the Texas defense, okay? We'll, we'll get to the Texas offense later. Um, but it looks to me like Baylor's now starting Sawyer Robertson, uh, we believe, uh, the quarterback transfer from Mississippi State. Uh, Blake Shaben uh, injured. Uh, unlikely to play, according to Dave Aranda. Uh, Robertson has not been highly effective as the quarterback, but he's he's gaining experience. He's young. He's talented. Um, uh, they beat Long Island. They they had they put together a good second half against Long Island. I thought once they settled down, but Robertson on the year right now is only forty a forty five percent passer. Meanwhile, Texas, Texas, number one in the nation in defensive efficiency right now by ESPN. Um, and they have held opponents to 14.67 points per game, right? So it seems like it's potential weakness of Baylor on potential strength of Texas as it relates to those two things. How do you see that matchup, the Baylor offense versus the Texas defense, Paul? Yeah, Robertson has been a 45% passer through two and a half games. He could improve. Obviously, he's been thrust into the role as a starter. Uh, Shapin, it appeared, had clearly improved and, and had given Baylor a viable passing game against Texas State, at least, before he got his MCL. I don't think we're going to see him, as you said. Uh, the other thing about efficacy, one thing is Sawyer Robertson has been fairly effective in getting the ball down the field when he does get a completion. He's averaging 15.9 yards per completion, which is robust. That's very good. The problem is it's happening at a 45% clip, which is not good for your offensive efficiency. It's not good for staying on the field. It's, that's, a, that's a good mechanism for three and outs. He also has one touchdown to three interceptions. Two of those three interceptions are bad. Like, what are you doing kind of throws. And I think Texas is going to have the ability to force some of those on Saturday. Uh, he's actually a capable runner. I wouldn't call him a, a runner or a dual threat, but he's capable. He's about 6'4", 220-ish, and he hasn't been sacked. Uh, he's, he's been good at avoiding sacks. So something to sort of keep an eye on. That said, I don't think Long Island or even Texas State probably presented the, the greatest pass rush, although Texas State got to Baylor several times. That's why Shapin went out. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting for them on offense. Look, I don't think there's any secret – about what they want to do on offense, Bobby. They want to run outside zone. That's the Jeff Grimes special. They want to play action to a couple of cap capable tight ends. Uh, Jake Roberts is a North Texas transfer. They've also got Drake Dabney, who has three touchdown catches on the year. 
They're going to do little single read play action off of outside zone. Tight end runs a little waggle or runs a little out route drag across. You, you guys all know what this looks like. And he's going to have his little read. And if we misread it, he gets 11 yards, right? Or 14 yards. If we read it correctly, you know, the, the quarterback eats it or he throws it out of bounds, right? They're also going to take some deep shots. They've got some speed at receiver. Not a lot of consistency, not very multiple in their skill sets. But they most of those guys can run. And they've got Keytron Jackson, Monterey Baldwin, uh, Hal Presley are, are sort of the feature guys. Uh, you know, they can all run. They, they, they look good on the hoof, but I don't think they're great receivers. You know, Keytron Jackson was a backup at Arkansas who couldn't play, couldn't get, get on the field. And Arkansas doesn't exactly have overwhelming skill talent. Uh, he transferred to Baylor, and apparently he's done better. Uh, so that's something Texas has to watch for. They're going to have some set piece deep shots off of play action. And then they're going to run or pound the ball. So Dominic Richardson, the transfer from Oklahoma State, he is status unknown for this game. He had a high ankle sprain. We're not sure the status of that guy. Richard Reese is the more than capable backup. Uh, he was actually the big freshman breakout star last year for him. Rushed for almost 900 yards or over 900 yards, I should say. He's only about 180 pounds, though. Very fearless runner, though, and, and obviously very dynamic and speedy. He runs hard. I mean, he, he commits to that outside zone. He plants his foot and he gets upfield. He doesn't mind contact. But I think Baylor wanted a little more power and the ability to break tackles. And that's why they brought in Dominic Richardson. And then they've got a guy that is sort of alternating with Reese named Dawson Pendergrass from Mineola, Texas. Uh, he looks like a, a very athletic 7-Eleven night clerk. <laughs> Uh, he's got a little wispy mustache and a little, uh, little, um, little, you know, business in the front, party in the back haircut. I'm not sure about his most recent one, so we'll see. <laughs> the offensive line for Baylor, Bobby, has been interesting. So they actually have played pretty well on the left side. They got two very key transfers from BYU, the Barrington brothers. And they came from BYU. That's their center and their left tackle, respectively. Uh, that was from the Grimes connection. Uh, so they, he brought in those two brothers from BYU. They're doing the world religion tour. Of, yeah, of there BYU. we go. Next stop, Boston College for the, for the Barrington boys. But uh, they have done a good job solidifying that left side. And then they've got a good guard sap, sap, uh, sandwiched in between them and Gavin Byers. He's a good player. Uh, right side has been almost a disaster, to be honest. So not just in pass protection, but in run blocking. They're not very good players. They're inexperienced. They don't seem very coordinated in that outside zone. So guess what? Baylor run likes left. left. And, they, <laughs> and when they pass protect, they're going to have an extra tight end on the right. Or they'll have a back chipping on the right. They'll do something to help you. Texas has got to know that. And I think really attack that mercilessly uh, and not just sort of, hey, let's just roll out in our base defense and, you know, Baylor's not going to fool us. Hey, let's let's make a point of attacking that right side and inflicting some negative plays. Let's make a point of, of getting on Sawyer Robertson early so he can get off. We can get him off script and out of his little comfort zone throws. So that's the Baylor offense. Uh, bigger picture. This series is is going to be over, Bobby. I mean, this we're not playing Baylor anymore in the regular season. We might run into them in a bowl sometime down the road or 
the playoffs when Baylor, you know, wins the Big 12 undefeated, right? But uh, I think Texas fans are largely glad about that. I think Baylor fans and Baylor admins are not happy about that because that's a guaranteed TV game. It's a guaranteed sellout. Uh, and I think that, you know, they kind of see their relevance perhaps diminishing a little bit, not being able to play the, the Texases and the OUs. So I think there's going to be obviously some tension around this game and some energy in Waco. Uh, but Texas all-time, Bobby, 80-28-4 against the Bears, right? This has been a fairly lopsided series and punctuated by a few big Baylor upsets, right? The, the famous Grant Taft swallow the worm game and all that. But recently, the game, the game had gotten more competitive with Bryles, right? And, and that, that group. Um, so Texas has actually lost four of the last six in Waco. But Texas has also won six of the last eight overall. So bottom line, you can look at all these trends. You can look at the historicity of all this stuff. The better football team is typically going to win. Texas is the better football team. They need to go coach and play like it. So what do you, do you have any thoughts on the Texas defense against the Baylor offense? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little concerned about run defense because I, I think that um, this will be the first team that really tests them in outside zone. Hmm. Um, and I thought they did a tremendous job last year um, defending Baylor's outside zone with Mora Ojomo in large part playing a major role in, in playing that three down and can, kind of controlling his area. Now you're going to have that. That's going to be Alfred Collins and or Ver, Vernon Broughton. Yep. Right. And they're not as run savvy, in my opinion, uh, as uh, as uh, Mora Ojomo was. Um, I would also say that, that uh, Texas should have a little bit more um, – Texas had a good year last year in defense, right? I think they should be – they are even better this year because I think they're starting to make plays on the back end. Jaron Thompson's two interceptions, and uh, they're starting to make plays on the back end, which is a big, big thing. Um, I, I just – I worry about uh, some situational stuff. I mean, the, the thing that I always – I watched the Utah game for Baylor, right, um, Paul? And I think I counted four times when Baylor ran the ball on third and six or longer. Yes. And I think two or three of those times they made the first down. And so Jeff Grimes will try to make you stay honest. And Texas has to be able to stay honest while also not giving uh, Sawyer Robertson open lanes to throw quick outs like we saw against Wyoming. Um, and so but those are my those are my concerns. Um Baylor last year did hit a big deep ball against Texas. Um, you mentioned the the deep passing from Sawyer Robertson at the yards per completion, pretty significant. I agree with you. They give up a couple big plays in this, and all of a sudden Baylor gets 17 to, to 21 points, and Texas's offense isn't clicking. We're, we're, what are we looking at in the fourth quarter come Saturday night? So those are my concerns. So a few thoughts on your thoughts. I'm almost wondering, and this is just musing out loud, do you almost want to have Alfred Collins always line up on the left? Uh, I mean, sorry, on the right facing the Baylor off on, on the left side facing that Baylor off the strength of their offensive line. Maybe that's just an automatic. And we don't even align him to strength. 
we put him out there at, at defensive end or at a, in a five tech or maybe in a four tech if we want to do like an under type front. And we just say, hey, you're not running outside zone with your preferred guys. Um, if, if you think, this is my point to that, if you think Alfred Collins can stand up to that. That's my point. Moro Ojomo, I know, stood up to that reasonably well. Yeah. I don't know if Alfred Collins is a reasonable replacement for Moro Ojomo against the run like that. So Maybe the thing, he is. Maybe the thing he about is. outside zone is it's a, it's your strength at the point of attack, but it's also your lateral agility, right? You need to you need to travel with those guys as they ex- extend you out, and then once the back starts to commit, you grab that offensive lineman, you discard him, and you go make the tackle. I think Alfred can do that. I, I think I think he could pull that off. We'll see. Um, you know, worst case. You can Without go. getting rooted out too much, by the way. Right, right. And But the thing about outside zone, the first step is a lateral one. They're not just firing out on you, right? Typically. So I think Alfred do, will do all right with that. Worst case scenario, you could put Tavondre out there or Byron Murphy. They've or, done you know, that a couple times. They've done, they put Tavondre out on at end. Pete they did it against Hammond, rushing the passer with a bull rush on him. Pete has a history of doing that in, at Washington with Vita Vea. Sometimes he would take him and put him out at, at five technique and say, you're not running off tackle. Like, come up with something else. And it, it can be very effective. I think your other point is really good about running on, on uh, asymmetrical strategies on, on a third and five plus. You don't expect someone to, to hand it off, right? Unless it's two down territory, right? Baylor, to your point, was running that on, on their 32-yard line. They're just trying to get six yards. Yep. And I think that works for a while, but now once you put that on film, I think Texas will play a little bit more honest on that. So I'll give you an example. In high school, I'll give you an idea how old I am. We played an old school uh, smash mouth football team every year. They used to quarterback sneak it on second and one, Bobby, to get a new set of downs. Now, <laughs> probably not the best grand strategy of offensive football, but you know what? Those first few sneaks would go for four freaking yards because you were not expecting a quarterback sneak on second and one. But after a while, and you start to expect it, hey, these guys will, will sneak it on any uh, short d- down and distance. Then you just play it, and, and it loses its novelty. So I, I think you raise a good point that they're still going to run some outside zone on you on, on, on those third downs and try to catch you in a stunt or trying to run some kind of blitz game and, and if they do, they can crease you for 25, 30 yards, right? Yep. So I think it is something Texas has to be aware of. If Baylor's going to bank on that for four quarters to convert third downs, probably not a winning strategy. But can they can they catch us? I think you, make, you raise a good point, man. Yeah, I mean, here, here's the deal. Do they, do they need to score 21 to win, potentially, if Texas fumbles around on offense? I, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, Paul, before we go to the Texas offense versus the Baylor defense, uh, let's tell folks about our sponsor for this show. I want to talk about a guy with perfect ball security and mortgage security and financial security. That's Gabe Winslow, a mortgage man extraordinaire. He's been in the industry for over 20 years. He's been on every side of it. This is a guy with a law degree, uh, a honors graduate from the University of Texas. As passionate as he is about the Texas Longhorns, he's even more passionate about helping people realize their dream of home ownership. Uh, or if you own an existing home, getting some cash out of it and putting that money to work in your business or in the investing world, stock market, whatever. Give Gabe a call. 
If he is not your first call at 832-557-1095, make sure he's your last call because uh, he's really sharp at what he does. And I think you'll understand the difference very quickly talking to him, the difference between a mortgage quote monkey and a real guy who gets this at every level. Thanks, Gabe. Thanks for sponsoring this pod. And this Absolutely. YouTube show. We appreciate it. We appreciate it, Gabe. I, I, let, let's talk about this now, Paul. The Texas offense has been hit or miss. Fair? To put it mildly. Um, yeah. And so the Baylor defense gave Texas all kinds of problems last year. Um, you sacked fumble on Quinn Ewers. Um, made Texas one-dimensional, had to run the ball. Now Texas ran the ball down Baylor's throats to end the to, to end the game. What what happens this year? Like uh, in the offseason, here, here are my thoughts. Sark spent a lot of time trying to figure out how he's going to attack Dave Aranda. Dave Aranda's spent all offseason figuring out, okay, I know Sark's first uh, reaction is going to go to be go heavy and run the ball down my throat. So I'm going to react to that. Aren't these two guys that one's a defensive guy and one's an offensive guy, and we're gonna getting ready to see the clash of what they came up with in the offseason? Yeah, you know, let me suggest a third alternative. Occam's razor alternative. Baylor has some real deficiencies on that defense. So let's not worry about game planning all the contingencies of what they might bring against us. Let's focus on their weak spots and attack them. And I think that might be a more efficient strategy, and here's why. That 3-3-5 tight front that, that Baylor likes to run, the tight front, if you guys will remember, it was the old Todd Orlando defense at Texas. Uh, you have two defensive ends who are actually bigger bodies, right? They're not the, the live six foot five, 245-pound guy. These are big, strong guys with length that you line up heads up over the other team's tackle, right, the four-eye position. Then you have a nose tackle who needs to dominate inside. You've got three linebackers layered behind them who are looking for that ball to spill outside because you've got these three big bodies on the interior of the offensive line. And then you've got safeties behind them. And you've got a nickel who is drafted and enlisted as a key run defender on the edge, Bobby. And the reason I bring this up is that 3-3-5 falls apart a little bit if you don't have some dudes at two main spots, nickel and nose tackle, okay? Baylor could have those guys. They play for Texas because their former Baylor commitments named Jade Barron and Byron Murphy. If they had those guys, Dave Aranda would have, he'd be very happy with this defense right now, but he doesn't. So he's going to be starting a guy at nickel who is very athletic uh, big guy, Bryson Jackson, he's in his seventh year. So this is an older player. Uh, and he's in that star role and he's about six, two, two ten. He's very explosive. He's a good pass rusher. He's a good blitzer. Guess what? He can't do very well, Bobby cover. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer. He can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family 
No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. And the elite Baylor defenses that Aranda has coached, they've had guys like Jalen Petrie who could cover, who could blitz, who could play the run. And Jalen Petrie was 200 pounds. He ran like he was 170. And he could support the run like he was 240. This guy is good at supporting the run and he's a good blitzer. He is not good in man coverage. So Texas needs to attack that. And I don't just mean with Jordan Whittington. They need to attack him with A.D. Mitchell and Xavier Worthy lined up in the slot. I'm not looking for a 12-yard gain beating this guy. I'm looking to go over the top. So that's one part. The other part is they don't have their dominant nose tackle. And that's a key aspect of anchoring this whole defense. Uh, in fact, Siaki Ika, of course, is in the NFL now. They've got a 270-pound, 275-pound uh, guy named Cooper Lands playing nose tackle. He's undersized. Uh, he's not a bad player, but he's got he's he's small. He's got a motor. And Baylor, you know, you can you can play nose tackle one of two ways. You could be a big, strong force of nature who weighs 340. Tavondre Sweat type dudes, or you can have that penetrating, quick nose that disrupts things. Aaron Donald. Do Aaron Donald. It's like it's like Albert Hainsworth versus versus Aaron Donald. Nailed I, it. I get it. Yep. The problem is, unless you've got Aaron Donald, that penetrating, quick nose eventually gets worn down, and you can also just scheme them. You just tell Jake Majors, "Hey, this guy's going to try to penetrate." Screen him off. Wherever he wants to go, let him go there and screen him off. And we're going to run right behind you. We're going to fill that space. We're going to double their play side defensive end on the 4-I. And we're going to have a lead blocker on that linebacker. And you're going to pop right over that zero hole, that center gap, for 25 yards. And that 3-3-5 that three, three, tight front just disintegrates if you are able to do that on offense. Similarly, that 3-3-5 falls apart if you can pick on that nickel over and over in the passing game. So I think Sark needs to spend less time strategizing about what Baylor could do to us. And he needs to spend some time looking at their personnel and saying, those are individuals that we can exploit. So also on top of that, Bobby, you watched that Utah game. Uh, Utah was playing effectively their wildcat quarterback, right? Who couldn't really throw. And... You might have noticed Utah ran the ball pretty effectively. They did. Uh, they averaged right at five yards a rush, um, 4.8 yards that, that game. I think that – and they, they put up over 200 yards rushing. If yes. Utah doesn't run the ball, they lose that game. Let, let's just be clear. Um, I, I felt like, you know, that was a, a representation of what maybe Baylor can do on defense. I, I feel like uh, – Texas has to find something in the run game, though, to ease the pressure on Quinn Ewers. Texas cannot be in third and long against Baylor. That's not a recipe for a positive game from Quinn Ewers. 
that's not uh, that's 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 just feeding into what Dave Aranda wants to happen. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, look, if you really trust your quarterback and you trust your receivers and your scheme, you should you invite the blitz. You blitz me. Awesome. We're going to get one-on-one coverage all down the field. And if you're doing exotic blitzes, you're just raising the chance that one of your DBs busts a coverage. Doesn't really understand it because you just installed it that week, right? Uh, I don't know if Texas is at that confidence level, right? I mean, you, you, you play lights out against Bama and then yours and the receivers and Sark, frankly, uh, struggled against Wyoming. Now, that wasn't against the blitz. That was against the, the three high and, and three across safeties. That's not really Baylor's defense, by the way. Uh, doesn't mean they can't come out rolling that you know, on Saturday. And my guess is they're going to throw every look you could imagine at, at Texas because what do they have to lose? But – no, that's not really Baylor's comfort zone. When when they when they want to uh, get after you, they do it with the blitz and, and some unique blitzes, uh, some stunts. They'll run some games, and you know I, I got to say our pass protection has been quite good the last two weeks. Yeah, two games. Last two, it was not good against Rice, which no. we think will have played a more of a look that Baylor deploys than either Wyoming or Alabama. So it'll, it'll be a test, right, for the offensive line for Texas in that regard. So I got to say on that, Bobby, I may regret saying this. I think Rice was more about the personnel surprising us than necessarily the scheme. Okay. I, I think they ran a bunch of stunts and twists, and DJ Campbell, you know, frankly panicked and, you know, missed out on some stuff. And I thought that the offensive line wasn't very coordinated in terms of their pass blocking. And then I think we were a little surprised that a couple of Rice's guys are like, we're pretty good. I mean, really quick, high motor dudes, 5'11", 280. Uh, you know, DeBraylon Carroll, I think was his name. That guy was like a player. He was like a little starter kit Puna Ford. So I think that shocked us because Wyoming tried some of those games. It was not a problem. Wyoming blitzed us on about a third of our dropbacks. We picked them all up. Uh, the sack that we gave up was was DJ Campbell missing a call from Christian Jones and then Christian Jones letting him have it after the play. So, um, you know, I, I'm we'll see. But there's no doubt Baylor's going to be bringing blitzes from the corner, from the nickel, from they're going to be running exotic linebacker blitzes where they cross as they blitz. I mean, all sorts of stuff to confuse our O-line. If they keep their wits about them and play with a lot of energy, we should be able to pass protect and then it's a question of can yours and the receivers execute at a decent level? Uh, what they put on, frankly, what they put out there for three, three and a half quarters against Wyoming was pretty embarrassing. So I think they need a little bit of a wake up and hopefully traveling to Waco will, will wake them up and focus them. Um, you, you think Texas, how, how many points do you think Texas scores on offense against Baylor? What, what is the, the, the piece and what do you think they score uh, what do you think Baylor scores on Texas? Just in a roundabout fashion. It doesn't have to be a specific score here. Um, I'm I'm hoping Texas gets over 30. Uh, and I'm, I'm hoping we keep Baylor 17 or under. I don't yeah. see that offense for Baylor consistently moving. Yeah, they're going to have to hit big plays. You mentioned the 15 yards per, per catch. They're going to have to hit big plays down the field. they got to do the Wyoming deal where they it's Vernon Broughton and Ethan Burke and Anthony Hill's behind him and Jaron Thompson's rotating over and they bust a run and then someone busts a coverage and they hit a pass. I just don't see 
10 play 80 yard drives happening three or four times. I just, I, I don't see it. You know, Wyoming, frankly, we had one bad drive and one bad play and the rest of it, their, their offense didn't do anything. So, uh, you know, I don't think, I don't think Baylor's going to, I think they're going to have trouble breaking 17 unless our offense really helps them out or the defense is just like not in tune. Um, Look, there's no doubt in my mind that Baylor spent zero prep time on Long Island. I mean, zero. They've been working Texas for weeks. They've been working Texas in August, right? So we're going to get their best shot. Uh, Dave Aranda was very open about the fact that Baylor alums talked to him all offseason saying, hey, if there's only one game on the schedule that you win, make sure it's Texas. So he understands his priority, right? If you want to understand a salesman, look at his compensation plan. And you'll understand his activities very quickly. Hey, uh, understand <laughs> what his compensation plan is. Hey, uh, Paul, I want you to say thanks one more time to our sponsor before we get to the special teams breakdown, which I think is pretty interesting this t- this week. Absolutely. Compensate yourself and call 832-557-1095. You're going to get a hold of the best mortgage guy, in my opinion, in the business. He doesn't just do, uh, he doesn't just do uh, originations in the state of Texas. He also is licensed in other states. So, if you're not a stater like me, who isn't blessed enough to live in the great state of Texas, like Bobby as well, uh, although you're probably enjoying the, the fall weather in Tennessee a little better than Texas right now, uh, give him a call, 832-557-1095. You'll find out very quickly why he's a little bit sharper than the average guy. Uh, smarter than the average bear, Bobby, if you will. <laughs> there you go. Way to, way to tie that in. Thanks, Gabe, right. uh, for your sponsorship. Let's go special teams, Paul. Uh, Longhorn's doing very well right now. Number two in the country in net punting average, uh, average of 50, uh, 46.7 or 47.6 net yards per punt. That's just yes. tremendous. Top 20 in return yardage. Baylor pretty good as well. 45.1. Uh, they've also done, uh, they've also got a, a field goal kicker that Isaiah, uh, Hankins, who's five of seven on the year, been pretty consistent for them. Um, Texas should have a little bit of an edge here, but it's not necessarily as big as maybe Texas fans would hope. Yeah, I, you know, I, before the season, I thought Texas special teams had the potential to be elite. Uh, we'll see. We're not we're not quite there yet, but tell you what, they had a si- significant impact on that Wyoming game. Yes, uh, return game, and also, you know, we talked about this before, but a lot of special teams is negating the other teams' special teams, just making them a non-factor. And Texas has done a good job of that. Uh, is Xavier Worthy going to bring back a punt? Boy, that would help. That would be really nice to get off to a good start because, you know, we talk about complementary football and how the units interact in Toto. Boy, it would be nice to be up 17-3 to early in that game and force Baylor and Sawyer Robertson into maybe a little bit of a different game plan than what they were planning in terms of ball control and let's wear them down and let's drag them into deep water. Uh, things can take on a different tact if Baylor's predictably dropping back and we're able to tee off on those guys. I think, you know, you could, you could end up with a, with a runaway. So it would be great to get an early injection of, of special team scoring, whether by punt block, kick return. By the way, Keelan Robinson looked pretty good on his kickoff returns. Yes, um, he did. He looks like he's close to breaking one. He's coming out there with some authority. And you're noticing that our blockers are getting on people so that he's not getting contacted till he's hitting the 20. 
And that's what you want. If, if your kick returner's starting to hit, get hits on the 15 or before, you're not doing a good job. Just fair catch that thing. <laughs> so I like what Texas is doing. We'll see. Uh, one thing to add, Bobby, when you play the Texas States or the Long Islands, they really the, – there's a big disparity in special teams. Oh, yeah, huge. Because they can't put all their starters out there, right? Uh, I think Texas has seen higher quality special teams than Baylor. So we'll see. There could be an, an inequity here that Texas could exploit. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, me too. I, I think Texas has got a chance – uh, they need to play better overall, Paul. I think they just need to play better, more consistent on offense and bring the defense and play within themselves on defense. Um, hey, little, little fun yeah. fact about Baylor. They have lost since beginning from last season. They've lost their last six games against power five teams. And they haven't covered the spread in their last seven games. So whatever right. you think about gambling or Vegas – the spread is a pretty good indication of expectation. And so it's fair to say, not only because of the losses, but also based on the spread, which means you would expect Baylor to lose to Kansas State. The point was that they got blown out by Kansas State last year. And that's what the spread covers. So Baylor has been in a, a tough spot the last seven games. If you're not covering a number uh, there's a malaise going on in this program that's a little deeper than just, you know, Blake Shapin hurt his MCL. I think there's something going on there. And I, I don't know what it is, but I can tell you the talent level's a little down. And I'm not sure that the passion... But it's not that down. It's no. li- I agree. They're in a... You said malaise. I'll use the term funk. Yeah. They're, they're in a funk. And, and the talent level is down, Paul, but it's not all the way down to where you can't like, I'll give you an example. There's a, there one of the guys that I follow uh, and does these percentages of not, he, he factors in a lot of different, fa- a lot of different pieces of information. He's got Texas 80 at 85% to win this game, 15% to lose it. Okay. That's, that's reasonable, right? With a 14 point spread. That's a, that's about right. Probably that. I don't even know what to say right now because I think that that I look at this game and I see Baylor having to hit on a number of different things to beat Texas that um, they just haven't shown the capacity to do yet this year. Yeah. And that's that's the reality. And so I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. All right. Hey, Paul, I want to say thank you. And I also want to tell folks about this promo that we have going on right now. For two months uh, of a subscription for Inside Texas, it's just $1. You use the uh, promo code OTFIT23. That's OTFIT23. Remember, you have to select the monthly offer, OTFIT23. And that is for uh, myself, Paul Wadlington, Eric Nalin, uh, Jerry Hamilton, Joe Cook, uh, Justin Wells, as well as Ian Boyd. We all write daily on there and participate on the message boards as well. Please join us if you get a chance. Paul, I'll see you again on the Saturday morning conversation, bud. Uh, thanks for uh, hanging t- hanging tight here on the tail of the tape. Uh, Longhorns, go to the Baylor Bears, uh, 630 on Saturday night.